It's good to see y'all. Does anyone remember the amazing thing that we celebrated on Easter? What happened on Easter? What do we celebrate? Frieza, what? Um, we celebrated that Jesus was reborn um, as Christ. Yeah, that Jesus rose from the dead, right? And um, that God raised him up. It's pretty amazing. God is more powerful than death and raised Jesus to life again. And actually, we are still celebrating that. Did you know that there's a season of Easter? We're in the season of Easter right now. We're actually in the fourth Sunday of Easter. It's even longer than Lent. Can you imagine that? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it goes all the way until the end of next month when we celebrate when the Spirit came which we call Pentecost. We think of that as when the church was first born. So we'll talk about that in May. But during the season of Easter, we remember and we tell each other stories from the Bible about what happened after Jesus was, uh, came alive again and was raised from the dead and things that happened with his friends after that. And so there are a lot of these stories that are from the book of Acts. Has anybody heard of the book of Acts ever? It talks a lot about what happened with Jesus' friends and Jesus' followers after Jesus uh, was raised from the dead. And so Titus and Kate are going to tell you the story from today that comes from the beginning of Acts about Peter and John. So first we're going to talk about a word that we're going to hear about in our story today from Acts. And that word is handicap. So the word handicap means if somebody has a physical handicap or disability, it means that that part of their body doesn't function in the way it's supposed to do, or maybe it doesn't, it doesn't quite work in the usual way. It might be slower, or maybe it's painful to use that part of the body. So we're going to experience what it's like to have a handicap. I want everybody to stand up. And no, no three-legged race. What you're going to do is take your one hand and put it behind your back like this. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do a couple things. And you need to keep that hand behind your back as we do these things, okay? So the first thing I want you to do is shake hands with somebody next to you. Okay, did that work okay with just one hand? Liddy, can I shake your hand? Sophia? Okay, that works okay to shake hands, right, with just one hand. But now, how about I'm going to ask you to clap your hands? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How can you clap your hands? You can't clap with both hands. You have to clap a part of your body. Oh, there's an inventive way. Just turn around and clap that hand back there. Okay, so you can sit back down. Um. So sometimes people have a handicap for a short time. Like, did anybody ever break a bone 
You did, Brisa, and you did, Soren, and you had, did you have it in a cast? Okay, and so while your leg or arm was in a cast, that was a short-term handicap, just for the time while the bone was healing. But sometimes people have handicaps or disabilities that last their whole lifetime. And that might mean that they can't have a job and earn money to do, you know, a work because of their handicap. And that's what's happening in our story today. Um, it's a situation where somebody was born with a handicap. Now, you all know Peter and John, right? Those are two of Jesus' disciples. Do you remember what they did before they met Jesus? They were fishermen, right. So they were just ordinary people going about their work, hanging out by the Sea of Galilee, you know, throwing the line in every once in a while and catching a fish. And then Jesus came and he said, come and follow me. Well, some extraordinary things happened after they started to follow Jesus. And that's what we're going to hear about in today's story. So one afternoon, after Jesus was raised from the dead, his friends were going about their life, and so Peter and John were going to the temple to pray one afternoon. And as they got to the temple, there was this man lying right by the gate, so they had to walk past him. And he was lame. That means he couldn't, he was crippled. He couldn't walk from the time he was born. So he couldn't have a job. So what are you gonna, how are you gonna get money if you don't have a job? Any ideas how you might get money if you can't have a job, Risa? Begging. Begging. Yeah, that's what people sometimes do. They end up asking other people for money. So they were there by the gate. He was there by the temple gate. And Peter and John came by, and he said to them, Would you give me some money? And now Titus is going to tell you what happened next. So Peter and John said, Money? We don't have money. We're just fishermen. We don't own a bank or something, you know. We don't have money to give you, but Jesus is raised from the dead, so why don't you just stand up? You want to stand up? Come on. And you know what? His legs worked. Yeah. You want to move your legs around? Yeah. His legs worked again. And the man was so happy. Can you imagine not being able to walk your whole life and all of a sudden you could walk? He was so happy that he ran and jumped and shouted and wiggled and giggled and carried on. And that's what we're going to do. See all those adults sitting back there real quiet? We're going to ask them to stand up. And all of us are going to show them how happy this man was. We're going to run and jump all the way to the back of the church and back again while they clap. Okay? Let's go. Come on. Woo! Woo! Okay. Let's go back again. Woo! All right. Yeah, you can sit down. Have you ever been asked to run and jump in church before? Whoa. Well, that's how happy that man was. Can you imagine? Well, you know what? Some of the really powerful people and leaders came to Peter and John and said, What are you doing? Where did you get this power? What's up with you two? Peter and John says, Well, it wasn't us. We don't have any kind of power. We're not special people. 
We just relied on Jesus' power. That was Jesus that did that. They said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't go talking about Jesus being alive. You know what they did? They put him in jail. They put Peter and John in jail. I think maybe they were a little upset that they weren't involved and in control. And they didn't like this idea that Jesus could do these amazing things. So they put him in jail. And the next day they had a big discussion. And all the people were so happy that this lame man could walk again. And they were praising God. And they said, well, we can't keep these men in jail because everybody's happy. So they said, don't you ever talk about this again. Well, story goes on. We're not going to tell the whole story today. But, of course, they did talk about it again. But there's two things I want you to remember. One is that not everyone who is lame or blind or gets really sick finds healing again. And even when you get to be as old as me and your hair turns white or it starts to fall off, that'll probably still be a question and a mystery that you wonder about. Why are some people handicapped or sick and don't get well and others do? There are some things we can't always figure out, but we have faith that God loves us and cares about us. The second thing, which is really important, is that God uses ordinary people. Peter and John were fishermen. God uses ordinary people to help one another and to show the way of God in our world. And God can use us too. Okay? Now, Kate has some other questions and things for you. So that was a pretty cool story, huh? Especially the getting up and leaping and running. Fun, huh? So, yeah. So... Like Titus just said, God uses ordinary people, people that, you know, were just doing regular jobs, maybe, yeah, fishermen or maybe sweeping the streets. He uses everybody. And there's people here at our church who do kind of behind-the-scenes ordinary things, like um, somebody unlocks the church each Sunday morning and somebody else counts the offering. Well, those are important jobs, and we don't think about them very often. They're kind of behind the scenes. But if they didn't happen, I'll bet it would be giving some people some headaches if not, somebody didn't open the church some Sunday morning and nobody had a key. So, and even kids, you know, you guys do lots of things to help make our church a really good place to come to and to be a community together. What are some of the things that you all can do to help our church and to build God's kingdom? What are some things that you do? During Lent, you did a very special thing every Sunday. What was that? Yeah, my coins count. And people really got engaged and had uh, lots of money to put in your containers, right? And just sometimes you serve as greeters. I always like when I come to church and see some kids down there handing out bulletins. What else do you do? Or can you do? Yeah, Brisa? Okay, help to decorate. And during Lent, there was some really wonderful art around the sanctuary that you all helped to um, draw and put up. So the important thing to remember is that God uses everyone that will, that will follow him and, and go in the way that he leads them. He uses everyone to help build his church. And Samantha's going to tell us more about that, and maybe if you listen really carefully... She'll give you some new ideas about how God can use ordinary people like you and me to build his church. So, thank you.
Okay, so I would like to ask if you would sit in just the front first row here. I'm going to talk, I'm going to be talking with the adults a little bit, but I want to talk to you and the adults. And then I want you to have the best seats for later when we have the child dedications. Do you think we could all, can we all get on there if we move some of these books maybe? Oh, I can take this. This is mine. So you heard um, you heard Kate and Titus talking about this story, right? And you know, this was all this was all just in the power of Jesus that God did this amazing healing. And you know, these Peter and John, like, do you think did fishermen make very much money? What did Titus say about that? Do you think they had money? No, they didn't really have much money. They were, they were pretty poor themselves. And they, they had just been fishermen their whole lives before they met Jesus. Um, but God works in people who haven't gone to school, people who have learned things in other ways. And so because of this, because God does these amazing things in people who, you know, normally people wouldn't even listen to or people wouldn't pay any attention to, God uses those people to do really amazing things. Even, like if we ever think, I'm not smart enough, or I don't think I can really do anything special, that doesn't really bother God. Like that doesn't get in God's way at all. God can still do incredible things with us. So I want you to remember that for you, and I want the adults to remember that as well. So I'm going to talk with them for just a little bit, and then I'm going to talk to you at the end, Okay. It's so beautiful and it's so clear in this story that John and Peter's joining with God in the healing of, um, that God is doing just grows directly out of their relationship with Christ. It's such a clear movement that it's only because they know that Jesus is alive that they have the confidence to tell this man to get up and walk. They have been shaped so deeply, formed by their lives with Jesus, and by the experience of God's victory in raising him from the dead, that they couldn't help but share this widely and regularly. It just came out of them. And just a bit beyond where we ended the story today, uh, when the religious leaders realized that they couldn't just ignore or deny this powerful healing, I mean, the man was standing right there, They call Peter and John back in and they tell them, as Titus said, don't keep teaching in the name of Jesus. But what did John and Peter say? Nope, we can't keep from talking about what we have seen and heard. Just like Todd was talking about last week, what we have seen and touched and heard. We can't help it. Um, In verse 20, we can't keep from talking about what we've seen and heard. And in our passage from 1 John, he's also writing about what he has seen and heard. That God, the Spirit of Christ, heals through us. The Spirit of God abides, dwells, lives, and makes a home in us. And the Spirit of Christ Jesus empowers us to love one another in truth and in action. This God is with us in quiet and in danger, as the hymn says, and as our psalm points to, even in the darkest valley. 
And likewise, God is with our children. And God lives within our children. And God empowers our children to walk in love and to allow Christ's healing to flow through them. And we tell them this, we teach them about Christ, and we love them and we support and we encourage. And then we watch all along the way we're watching for what God is doing. We're watching for God's movement in our children and, and through them. And hopefully we're taking some cues. Hopefully we're able to follow what God is doing and not think that it's up to us to make sure that it works out. But our children can tell if we believe these things by how we live. What we have seen and heard and touched. These beloved ones are seeing in us the desire to live in cooperation with the Spirit of Christ. They see us open ourselves to other people, or not. And um, they, will, they, will, they already have this connection with God. So let us not lay undue burdens on them or on ourselves to be perfect disciples. And let us not lead them to think that they have to somehow muster up the strength to follow Jesus, but show them in how we trust and how we live that even as Peter and John were uneducated and ordinary men and trusted the power of God that they had seen in Jesus, in this alive Jesus, let us also trust in the power of the one who raised Jesus from the dead and trust that our Creator is active right now in our children and that God is leading them and guiding them. And let us trust also that God's unending love is wide enough to carry all of our children at every stage of their lives beyond our understanding. Our commitment to joining with God's reconciling work in the world includes this commitment to joining in each other's Christian formation as adults, ongoing, day after day, and to our children of all ages. It's a gift to be trusted with this and a gift to walk this path together across generations. And let us expect and let us watch for and let us see God's healing love and God's unexpected new life springing up even in us, even in the most ordinary of us. And let us give thanks to God. Do any of you know, children, do you know if you were um, dedicated at church? Some of you, when you were small, mm -hmm, when you were really small, your parents brought you to the front of the church. And the point of them bringing you to the front of the church, the front of everybody, was to say, this child is a gift from God, and this child belongs to God. And so today we're saying, we're saying, thank you, God, for this child. And we're saying, thank you to God um, also for you and for your lives. And we're saying this child is God's child, 
and we're saying God will be with each of you and God will be with these children that we're blessing today and God will be guiding her or him through their lives. And we believe that that's true for you in your whole life as well. I'm going to invite our families to come up, grandparents and parents and children. As we enter into this time of dedication, uh, I invite you to turn in your hymnal to 791, 791. Ruth and Eric and Luke, Matt and Erica and Josie, Marsha and Jonathan, Francis and Tim and Eli, do you accept, did I get everybody? (laughs) Praise the Lord, I got everybody. Do you accept Anna, Oliver, Nora and Nico as precious gifts from God? And do you promise to live a life of Christian faithfulness before your child, preparing him or her to follow, come follow Jesus with us? And grandparents, let me read this list. Helen, Claire and Nancy, Phil and Janine, Steve and Emmy, Yvonne, Anne, Linda and Amos, Marilyn and Jay. Do you, or will you, by prayer and example and words, support this family in nurturing the faith and the hope and the love of God in them? If so, say, we will. will. Wonderful. (laughs) Let us enter into covenant with these families in the formation of their children, reading together, You have offered your child to the strong and tender providence of God. We rejoice with you and give thanks for the gift of your child. We promise with humility and seriousness to share in your child's nurture and well-being. We will support by our example and words your efforts to provide a loving and caring home where trust trust in God God grows and Christ's way is chosen. Our prayers will be with you and for you. May our shared life and witness help make your task both joyful and fruitful. Put this around both of you.
Here we go. And let us pray. God of hope, by your spirit, pour out your strength and peace upon Jonathan, Marcia, Tim, Francis, Erica, Matt, Eric, and Ruth. May these parents overflow with your love and mercy and wisdom. Let them trust you deeply and trust each other deeply and model the beauty and freedom of love to their children. And may these children see Christ shining through their parents and desire to follow him. And when these beloved parents fall, let them know they are falling into your arms of mercy so that Nico, Anna, Oliver, Nora may see that it's through your kindness that we are able to keep growing in love. And make these parents who are also your beloved children, winsome models of truth and grace and forgiveness. We thank you for your constant love which follows us all the days of our lives. Amen. Amen. God's beloved child. Do that? You can come walk with me. So, dear Anna, take a look at all of these beautiful, beautiful people. Wow, I just saw some more beautiful people. How about you? One of them is going to be your mentor someday. Who's that going to be? Some of them are going to be your teachers. All of them are going to be part of your coming to know Jesus. And Anna, you share your name with a prophetess in the New Testament who was there when the baby Jesus came to the temple. And she was one of the first to see him. And our prayer is that you would see Jesus in the world just like her. And we bless you raising opening our hands. May God bless you, Anna, and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God's presence embrace you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Oliver, what do you think? So, Oliver, I just remember. Wait, just wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. First, we gotta get you anointed. Oliver, you are God's beloved child. Yeah. I remember visiting you and your mom and dad when you were super tiny and holding you at your house when you were just born and saying to you, welcome to our community. 
grace to you and peace. And your parents are helping you to see what love looks like. And all of these people also want to help to show you what it looks like to walk in love. And we are hoping that you will choose to follow Jesus with us and we can learn together what it means to love like God loves us. And Oliver, we bless you with the congregation raising your hands. Oliver, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the face of God shine on you and be gracious to you. May God's presence embrace you and give you peace. And all God's people said, yes. You are God's beloved child. Nico, you were born in the first week in December, and you share your name with Nicholas. Nicholas, Nicholas, a saint in the fourth century, a saint who had a special heart and compassion for the poor. And the vulnerable. And we hope and pray. She's right over there. (laughs) And we hope and pray that you will share Jesus' love and concern for the poor and the vulnerable as well. And raising our hands in blessing. Nico, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God's presence embrace you and give you peace. And all God's people said. Amen. Hey. 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 What do you think? Nora, you are God's beloved child. Well, Nora, I think it was maybe the second day of your life that I was with your parents in the hospital. had a chance to chat with them and hold you up. Maybe you opened your eyes just a tiny little bit one time. And Nora, these people out here are really hoping that they have a chance to maybe, maybe be one of your teachers and have a chance to share God's love with you, just like lots and lots of people have shared God's love with us, too. And we had people who cared about us when we were little, and we want to be able to do that for you so that you um, might grow to love as Jesus loved. And we bless you, Nora. All people raising their hands. May God bless you and keep you. Yes, may the face of God shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the presence of God embrace you and give you peace. And all God's people said,
man. Fabulous. I want to invite the parents to share briefly. So grandparents can go ahead back to your seats and... Dear Anna, we are so thankful for you. What a joy you are. We love you so much and are amazed by the miracle of your life every day. We thank God for you, Anna. We also thank God for this church, for our families, who have modeled Christ's love to us and who have helped us to welcome you. We pray that you will grow in faith and curiosity, love and forgiveness, joy and justice, hope and courage, love and creativity, kindness and delight. And we pray in the words of Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We love you, Anna. Well, we are fulfilling the expectations of parents of a second child this morning because for Josie's dedication, we had typed out something to say a week in advance, and for Oliver, I managed to scribble some words on paper while shoveling food in his mouth this morning for breakfast. So, <laughs> But while our time management skills may be different this time around, our love for our son is profound and endless, just like our love for our daughter. And we are blessed to bring Oliver here to be dedicated with you all today. And we are incredibly lucky to have two amazing grandmas who help us out so much. Oliver has brought us so much joy to our lives, and we expect he will teach us a lot about raising a little boy. With your help, we will strive to guide him and model for him a life of kindness, tolerance, and hope. We are grateful for this church community, and we look forward to watching Oliver grow up in this supportive environment. And when Oliver looks at you and gives you his wrinkly nose smile, we hope that you also can sense the peace and wisdom of God. In the beginning, before you were born, there were hard times on our farm. We were washed out by another flood. Three cows in our herd died suddenly and your father became sick with a high fever. It was in the middle of all this that your mother had a dream and knew it was time. And so your very tiny tadpole life began. As you grew inside your mother, she feared for your health and hers. And later she feared you would be born early, and she slowed her life down to a snail's pace and underwent lots of tests. On December 7th, Nicholas Elmer, you were born. Full term and healthy. 
when your head peered out into this world before the rest of your body was birthed, and I was exhausted from hours of pushing, you began talking, babbling, greeting us in that sweet little voice of yours. Everyone in the room was filled with joy, and you have been bringing us joy and laughter ever since. You grew fat and passionate, content and stubborn. Your joyful spirit radiated through my long recovery from birth, through Tim's journey with cancer. You have endured hospitalization and breathing difficulties, family upheaval and stress. Your continued happiness is a most precious mystery to us. We love how much you love to go outside, how you love tractor rides with Papa, your sweet goodnight hugs and kisses to your brother Eli, how you eat, play in the water, make jokes, ride the little fire truck like it's a bucking bronco, climb everything, and play harmonica. You were not expected. We expected another child, Ava, who died before birth. We expected to adopt. We expected a girl. But you, Nicholas, are the one who has come to us as a gift from the Creator, a gift far more precious and wonderful than anything we could have expected. Our prayer, besides sleeping through the night, is that your inner joy (laughs) and the sparkle in your eyes when you smile will continue to shine. And we love you. Nora, Abigail, we love you so much. Your presence has changed our lives in many ways. You have added a new aspect to our identities. Spontaneity is a word we do not use much anymore. We are more tired than ever and wonder what it was like to go to bed and wake up as we wished. And yet, you have added so much to our lives, and we are so very thankful for the little person you already are. The love we have for you feels very different than any other love. We love how your personality is blossoming, the curiosity and the excitement for the smallest of things, the pride of being able to accomplish a new task, the determination when you're crawling all over the place, your frequent babbling, and how relational you are. You light up a room with your smiles and your many facial expressions. You're also strong-willed and have quite the independent streak. Paradoxically, you often cry when your mother leaves the room or just happens not to be holding you at the time. This makes your father a little jealous, but I would say your, your mother has more than earned the affection. All this to be said, we are so grateful to God for the gift that you are to us. You are indeed a, a precious child of God, and we are honored to be called mother and father of Nora. We want to always be there for you when you need us and when you don't. We want you to never doubt that you are loved by us and loved by God. We are so thankful for our families, friends, and church that will have a major part in your life. And we will pray for you daily. We are so proud of who you are right now and excited to see who you will become. We love you. May you be well, little ones, may you be 
journey, bless your journey. May the waters flow and bless your journey, bless your journey, bless your journey. May you be well, little ones, may you be well. May you 